0: Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today uh, we have uh, another episode involving growing the game. We've had a few of those uh, of late. Uh, Most recently and most noteworthy was the episode with uh, Alan Thatcher concerning World Squash Day, and and that was uh, full of uh, amazing insight, thought-provoking ideas, and concern about the growth and the state of the game. Uh, Richard Millman prior to that, and today uh, perhaps maybe the one uh, with the most food for thought, the most uh, sort of um, some great ideas here and things that are actually going on right now at this moment. Ben Thomas from the Whistler uh, Rackets Club uh, comes on today, and uh, we take a little bit of a look at his backstory. He had a prolific uh, junior squash career growing up in Ontario and playing at a very high level uh, nationally and then uh, parlaying that to... uh, Four great years working uh, under uh, Jack Fairs, uh, playing for the University of Western uh, Ontario Mustangs. Uh, they had several amazing teams over the years, and he was part of one of them. Uh, and uh, now he's in Whistler, and he's involved heavily with the Whistler's Whistler Rackets Club, uh, where they have uh, tennis and pickleball. Most recently, pickleball, and that's really taken off. In fact, Ben uh, plays it himself. He's one of the uh, the, the better players in the Whistler area, in fact, and he talks about uh, the beauty of pickleball and how that kind of reflects on the squash uh, situation in terms of growth and uh, in terms of a business, uh, the business side of things. Ben, ben and I take a, a very deep dive into that, and he has some amazing ideas. The The big thing in Whistler, which has been uh, for several years now, I mean, I I spent one year there uh, way back when, right when the courts uh, pretty much just opened, and it was from that point on where they they had the idea of opening a racket club which they did but it had tennis courts and that was a big facility they had hoped to uh, bring squash into the fray and still uh, over 20 years later that has yet to happen but uh, it seems like with ben and also with our uh, our big sponsor the man behind that active scout uh, rob eberhardt the two of them are getting closer and closer to that uh, but pickleball is a part of the racket club uh right now and it's a huge part of it. Uh, It's very popular there. And Ben uh, talks about why that is. He's a player himself. And so he has some great insight there and some great insight uh, into how he feels he can make things work with squash, with pickleball, with tennis, working together. And it seems like uh, food for thought in terms of a template for growing the game. And I know you're really going to uh, glean a lot from this, uh, all of us uh, who want to grow the game. And I think I speak for everyone involved in squash at all levels, at all ages. So you're going to really enjoy this. Now, before we get into episode 170, I just want to tell you a little bit about our great sponsor, Active Scout. And they're actively involved in growing the game as well. They have an app, it's called Active Scout. Active without the E, and you can download that app and uh, start growing the game at your club, spreading the word at your club. Uh, Please visit their website at ActiveScout.com. That's Active A C T I V Scout. .com, Active ActiveScout without the E, and uh, take a look at their website and see what you can do, what your club can do, what your club management can do in terms of growing the game, which is so critical right now. Uh, every little uh, thing that we can do counts, and ActiveScout is a big way uh, to get squash back and, and growing and uh, growing again. So ActiveScout.com, take a look at that website and Be part of the growth of the game. And by listening to episode 120, uh, sorry, 170, uh, you're definitely going to glean a lot from this one in terms of growing the game. Food for thought, plenty of it here with Ben Thomas.
1: All right, here I come. All right. Can you see me all right?
0: How you doing, Ben?
1: Hey, thanks. Yeah, very good.
0: Good. Heard a lot about you from our mutual, uh, our mutual good buddy uh, Rob. That's right. Yeah.
1: Well, excited to finally play Rob. Uh, it's been since March, obviously, but tomorrow is the day. He's on. He's playing with his daughter today, and they're opening the courts, so uh, we're back in action tomorrow.
0: That's great. Yeah, you guys must be uh, good training partners. I know when I was there for the one year, uh, way way back, it was fantastic. You know how. Squ- uh, how much Rob loves his squash, eh? So, uh, yeah. absolutely.
1: Well, yeah. It's been. I mean, we we played so many times over the years, and uh,
0: yeah. How many years have you been in in Whistler, Ben? Uh,
1: for 21 years now.
0: 21. Jesus. Okay. So I I left. I only spent one year there. It was the most glorious uh, year. I, I I very easily could still be there, uh, but I. I Some for I forget why I left, there was a reason. Um, but it was in '93, I think, when I left. Yeah, so you you must have just like shortly thereafter because I know you've got a squash uh pedigree of sorts, so you would have been at the squash courts right away, I would imagine, when you arrived.
1: Well, actually, I got here in '99 and I didn't get straight into squash, it took a little bit of time to to move back into it. But then, yeah, once I got into it, I was into it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't know how the format, I can go through all of this if you want, or what's your, what's your ideal format here?
0: Well, I, I we were just, I think we're just starting right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was okay. going to just say, well, Ben, uh, Ben Thomas, welcome to, uh, the InSquash podcast. Uh, it's fantastic, uh, to have you on. I've always wanted to do, um, an episode on Whistler squash, and of course, obviously, Rob uh, came to mind. And, and I've known you uh, just a little bit through social media, uh, but we do have a few mutual friends uh, and uh, squash friends outside of Whistler, uh, which I'll bring up a little bit later. I'm sure you may know who I'm talking about, or a couple of guys that I'm going <laughs> to mention. But uh, but. <laughs> Just, I'll get there in a minute. <laughs> but uh, first of all, Ben, how's life? Uh obviously life's uh, good now. Uh the snow will be coming soon if it's not there already. And uh, you're a local, so that, that's a huge uh bonus uh for you when there's snow. Uh but uh how's life in Whistler uh given the you know craziness that we're living in right now?
1: Yeah, well I mean, the good news for people in Whistler is it's a great place to be. So if you're going to be stuck somewhere, this is a very good place to be stuck. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the silver lining in all of it is we've all had more time to spend with our family, which has been great. So we, I have had a nice summer of, of time, which is the one thing that I haven't had for, for many, many years. So that's been the silver lining. The problem is my real job is selling trips to Whistler to international clients. Okay.
0: So Normally very- not a hard sell.
1: Well, that's right. So business has been very good over the last 21 years uh, since I've been here in Whistler, but it's been really, really rough since uh, that fateful day of March 15th when they just closed the resort and uh, we had to deal with all the cancellations and everything. So uh, luckily the wage subsidy program that the, uh, the, that the federal government have it, has in place works very, very well for, for us. And so we've kind of gone into hibernation and uh i would like to say that i've had a chance to work on my squash game while i've had all this time but uh but i haven't and uh as you know that but I've, I've had the time to to uh get into the pickleball game so that's that's <laughs> yeah that's been yeah uh, my covid uh pivot has been squash to pickleball
0: well i guess uh you know that you know that's something i wanted to talk about a little bit later which we can at, at more at length but i know uh you know, following, uh, you know, we're we're Facebook friends. We're not actually. We've we've never met. Uh, at least we may we may have. Uh, I'm not sure back in the day. Uh, uh, but you're you're quite a bit younger than than I. So, uh, I think uh, you look younger than I. Uh, well, know. <laughs> oh, what are you? You're forty. I
1: appreciate that, but uh, yeah. You're
0: forty, but, uh, right? About forty.
1: I forty something. I just. <laughs> <turned> to- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I just turned 47 a couple of days ago. Okay. Okay. But I guess, uh, I mean, I know what I was going to say is that you, you uh, being a Whistler local, this is part and parcel. uh, You, you had a ski accident, I think uh, uh, about a year and a half or so ago, I think it was ski or it could have been on the mountain bike, (laughs) but uh, you went through a serious uh, rehab uh, and I followed that and it was, it was very inspirational. Uh, just watching oh. you, what what you put had to go through, and uh, I guess pickleball would be, you know, not only because of the COVID, but a, a nice pivot back uh, to uh, the grueling uh, game that we both love. Uh,
1: that's right. So you're right. So what happened? I, I broke my leg uh, along with five. I fell off my bike and had, had, a, had a pretty major crash. And uh, your a, bike
0: um, wasn't on the slopes.
1: It wasn't on the slopes. It was mountain bike. So
0: um, okay.
1: yeah. I, I, you guys are,
0: I mean before you get I mean that the stuff you guys do is just absurd if I if I may say so uh, I guess the, lo- I mean you I mean that that's why you're a local because you can get away with it you know what you're doing out there but uh, I've seen the stuff that Rob uh, has posted on uh, on Facebook it's like uh, in the mountains going down hill uh, like running over rocks
1: yeah the uh, mountain biking is, uh, it's it's something else that's for sure and it's 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 amazing to see what the kids can do. I mean, I, I am getting too old for it, that's for sure. But uh, uh, what the kids can do is 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 really crazy. And being a, a Whistler parent and managing, okay, your kid in the bike park that that is a it's a major thing as well as skiing. And and uh, as they start hitting more major features, it's it's a big deal to 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 be worried about that. But uh, again, a good problem to have.
0: Absolutely. So uh, if you don't mind, uh, uh, just take us through the rehab there that you had to go through it. And uh, it was about a, at least six months, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, it happened on September 11th of last year, actually, so it's just over a year. Um, and what happened was, I was on the phone as usual, so late. I said to my wife, uh, Angela, "Okay, you head off, and I'll I'll catch up." And I went sprinting after her, uh, and I was going you know, really fast, race speed um, around <laughs> a, a bend. It wasn't even that dangerous, which is the ironic thing. It was just a <laughs> 200 meters from my house on the Valley Trail, um, but put my, my bike back together and I didn't bleed the brakes properly so I went to hit the brakes to take this turn and it just there was nothing zero brakes so I put out my leg to stop myself because I said I'm going down and that's where I broke my leg uh, oh, with the kickstand that stand and flipped me over and I, I landed on on my shoulder separated it and then hit my head against a tree broke the helmet luckily Ooh. the helmet oh
0: well, you're lost man that's why you need a helmet <laughs>
1: It's a, even just it's a lesson for everybody even just biking 200 meters from your house you need a helmet no matter what and yeah. uh, ended up with five broken rigs and a pneumothorax, a, a which was which was a big deal and uh had some problems in there and and it took uh, an ambulance and a fire truck to get me out of the ditch because i was quite far down and
0: Ooh, uh, really oh man
1: In the end luckily at the time i was really fit because i've been doing a lot of triathlons
0: yeah. um
1: and just done an iron man earlier that year so i was super fit so Even though my lung was punctured and at a significant uh, loss of oxygen, I was able to deal with it. And uh, in the end, the the biggest problem was I I literally could have died. Um, But two days later, that that part was fine. The ribs were the most painful, but the the least significant issue, but really, really painful. And the leg wasn't painful, but it took a a full year to recover properly. So yeah. I'm happy to say that. I mean, it's a good thing because I had qualified for the World um, Triathlon Championships, which were supposed to be this August, this September, and I wouldn't have been able to go. But uh, with COVID, it's been postponed. So again, another silver lining of COVID.
0: Okay. All right. Well, good. And how's uh, how are you feeling now?
1: I feel great now. Yeah. The only thing I can't do is long runs, uh, sort of 10k plus at pace. But uh, other than that, the
0: triathlon distance.
1: Uh, well, the one the the one that we qualified for was the off-road triathlon, so mountain biking, and it's um, it's it's not too far. It's it's between an Olympic and a basically a half a half Ironman, so not super long distance, but it's a it's a four-hour race altogether. So okay. uh, it's still, still a decent clip.
0: Well, you've got plenty uh plenty of uh, miles already logged in, so I'm sure it won't take you long to uh, to get back to. What you, well, where I'm you were?
1: Getting back on the squash court, but you're right. I I wouldn't have been able to play properly in March. So uh, in fact, I haven't played. In fact, I haven't played since before September, and, and I didn't really play that much last summer because I was busy with triathlon. So I really haven't played seriously in two years or something like that, unfortunately. But uh, that's why I can't wait to play. Literally, this time tomorrow, 24 hours from now, is the first match I'm going to have in forever. So uh, I can't no wait. wait.
0: All right. Well, let us know how it goes. You and you and Mr. Robert. (laughs) That'll be fun. Well, uh, the one. I mean, uh, obviously, a couple of reasons why we decided to do this today. Uh, One, I wanted to sort of um, put Whistler squash out there because I think it's quite unique. Uh, I mean, having experienced the the one year I, I had there, I mean. You got people visiting Whistler, obviously, for one thing, especially in the winters, it's uh, for the skiing. But uh, I met, I mean, I was sort of giving lessons when I was there along with Rob and met so many sort of interesting people who not only love their skiing, but they they enjoy their squash. So it's a great sort of uh, thing to have after or before maybe you can hit the slopes, you can play a bit of squash and then get out there and hit the slopes and do what you do in Whistler. So, uh, tell me what um, sort of uh, what what what's your take on squash uh, in Whistler in that in that ski resort area, world class ski resort.
1: Yeah. Well, the issue we have is that we don't have a very big population base, so we have a few players at each level, but not a huge. The draw so almost everybody only plays one or two people because that's all yeah. they have to play. whereas if you're in a city then you would have you'd have twenty people at whatever level you happen to be so my level is is at the a slash open um, level and, and so there's basically Rob luckily we do have some guys that have moved to town and uh, there's a couple of new guys in town that that just got here and right. what we find is people cycle through mm. but um, the biggest Hurdle for us is we only have two courts at a rec center, yeah. and so what we're is kind of the social vibe because the best part of squash <laughs> is having a beer afterwards, and mm. you can't do that at our rec center, and so that's why we've we've been working really hard over the years to to try and get a proper racket facility, and uh, we're closer never, which is great, but for sure the okay. biggest barrier um, to growing squash and whistler is the lack of people. Um, the good news is it's a weather, weather independent sport and the weather is an issue here in Whistler. Um, and so it's, it's nice to have something where you know you can get in and get out. Also, um, what I was thinking about, what's so great about squash, the fact that it's just 45 minutes, uh, and you go on court get a significant workout and you're done as opposed to skiing. It's you're gone all day. Uh, and, and it's not, it, while well, you work your legs, it's not really a workout and mountain biking again obviously that is a workout but it depends on the type of mountain biking you do but it's it's definitely two plus hours type of thing so what we're trying to do is is position squash as the 45 minute in out get your get your exercise and also have fun while you're doing it
0: yeah, I think uh, with you, uh, with Rob, and yourself, sort of both uh, looking at the, trying to bring squash outside of the the Meadow Park. Is it still the Meadow Park Rec Center? Is that what? It, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so it's a classic recreation center, municipally owned, and there's a pool and a rink and, and a weight room, um, and yeah, there's no club atmosphere. That's what's missing.
0: Yeah, yeah, we try. I mean, it was when I was when I arrived. I think the courts had just opened. They've been open for a year, and. So, yeah. That yeah, was a lot of fun. I mean, even that, even without the, I mean, we had the boot pub, which was just down the road. I don't know if you you remember the boot. I don't think it's there uh, any longer, but boot uh, is uh, we used to have boot, the ballet uh, on uh, Wednesday nights.
1: Exactly. So uh, I mean, we, we, when I first arrived as well, it, squash was better in terms of we, we were able to, to have league night and then go out after. And, uh, you know, it's been an issue. I'd, I'd be curious to hear how this is going in other cities, but everybody is so busy. And uh, yeah. so the hanging around afterwards isn't happening as much. And um, that has, that has, I think, affected squash globally. But also, I, I think that's the, that's the thing that squash needs to set itself apart with is the fact that it's so quick and efficient and guaranteed, you know, you can book it and you, you go. Um, if you look at kite surfing or any other weather dependent type of thing, you can't say, okay, I'm going to play Tuesday, 10 to 10:45 and be in and out and get a full workout. You, you just can't plan it like that. So, um, even tennis, if you tennis players play for an hour and a half, uh, probably at least. Yeah. Um, and squash is, is the best bang for your buck. Absolutely. On workout value and certainty. I played um, today.
0: I mean, uh, you know, you know how you have some one, you know, typically I, I have excellent work out of my, I get my heart rate up, but today was one of those days where I was winded. Uh, I was, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was dehydrated or, or something that ate something that I shouldn't have eaten during the day, but it, it just, I don't know if you've ever had that, but typically, you know, I'm okay in terms of my fitness, but today, for some reason I struggled uh, particularly uh, towards the end and it was nothing sort of that my opponent was doing, but uh, that's squash, right? I mean, maybe the gains were a little more more intense and the the tempo was a bit faster, but the the heart rate was through the roof there at the end. It was fantastic.
1: Great. Good for you. Well, that's I can't wait to do it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, for sure. Good luck with that. And uh, yeah, before we get back into this, and I kind of jumped over this, I just wanted to give, uh, if you don't mind, Ben, give us a little backstory. Now, I did mention earlier that uh, I do think we have a couple of mutual friends one of whom is my former uh teammate on team nova scotia the men's uh, provincial team uh, matt bishop i don't know if you know matt uh, at all i think you've played maybe a couple times i do remember uh you having drawn against him in, in uh, the i think the uh, national tournament maybe over 30 or over 35 one year or something like that but uh uh, give us a bit of a backstory in terms of your squash, because you, uh, I, I think, you know, obviously you play and still play at a, at a very high level.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I grew up in Ottawa, so that's where I started playing at, the, at Queensview. And um, I, I, I played the Ontario Junior Circuit, essentially, and, and got into it when I was, you know, seven or whatever. And, um, I, I mean, I happened to be the same age as a guy named Jonathan Power. So um
0: <laughs> Yeah okay. That guy <laughs> so,
1: very first ever junior tournament was at the Sarnia Riding Club and I played Jonathan Power in the first round. And uh it was uh, obviously I mean I'd never played anything, any tournament and get him first round. It was crazy, but uh yeah. no idea what was and uh, that was that was uh, uh, Baptism
0: tw- by fire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well actually that was the famous, um, the famous match where he ended up doing court sprints in between games. Um, okay. where I, it was nine love the first game, nine love the second. And then I sort of my dad was like, okay, hey, come out, get a drink of water. And so I went out and he started doing sprints. Um, we were both uh, like, we were I think nine years old at the time. But uh, uh, yeah, my claim to fame in the squash world is that I've played, uh, well, I've lost to Jonathan 27 love more than anybody else in the world
0: so, <laughs> right on yeah
1: 27 0 triple bagel eight times in tournament play
0: that's yeah. uh, but that uh, I made mean, so. of world world champion what legend absolute legend of the world of the pro game indeed my favorite player
1: yeah well same i mean a lot of people's favorite player for good for good reason yeah. and uh yeah, so I grew up uh, in the o- Ontario circuit and then uh, ended up going to Western. And okay. so
0: Another also went a squ- squash hotbed.
1: Exactly. So, I, I mean, that was a big deal, I think. Western, uh, led by Jack Ferris, who's been there for, forever. Yeah. Uh, he, he, perhaps a bigger legend. Talk about Johnny. Jack
0: Ferris. I just had Chris Hanaberry on, and uh, he's oh, actually, okay. you know Chris, and he just took over from, uh, I guess he's taken oh, over the program there. But, uh, and he, you know, he spoke very highly of, of Jack, uh, you know, speak to, to Jack and what, uh, what did you learn from that guy while, while you were there?
1: Well, so many life lessons really. Um, it just, uh, as, as well as it, at the time, it was hardball. So he did, uh, he did teach me the trickle boast and uh, three wall boast, but. Uh, um, <laughs> Indispensable
0: the, shots now, now at your age.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but the big, from Jack, uh, you know, literally life lessons, and uh, and uh, one time when we we're uh, we, we had a we were we were out at, at Cornell, and and I got um, uh, went a little overboard and came back to the hotel, and and I was not behaving myself, which is a little out of character actually, but mm-hmm. uh, in any case, I was the guy, and and we had a big sit down talk, and I learned a lot from that, so uh, I owe a lot to Jack. and appreciated him very much. Well, but, what,
0: did he, what did he say to you at that time? I mean, it would have been.
1: Well, we got into things like, you know, if 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 we were playing for uh, uh, imagine if we were, I was playing for Michigan football or somebody like that, where, you know, I'd be benched and this would be a big deal. And, and my whole future was at risk because of this one event and just thinking about what you're doing, things like that. So, uh, I mean, he was like a father to all of us um, on the team and uh, in a very good way. So, I mean, I don't think, most guys would say that, but that is the case. And uh, you know, he's been through so many different players. There, literally, mm-hmm. almost everybody. Yeah. And the Ontario circuit, and uh, it's it's all just amazing
0: everybody. I mean, a lot of Canadian legends. I mean, you got uh, Gary Wade, I think Jamie Crombie. Uh, oh. all, I mean, all, so many uh, of those great guys uh, came through uh, through Western and Gal. Gallif- that's right.
1: Yeah. And, and it got a lot of us into going to university to, to begin with, which is a great thing, but it was always the next step. I, I remember coming towards the end of juniors and saying, what am I, at my last junior tournament, what am I going to do? And at the time I was trying to make the national team, uh, which was a very difficult team to make with, um, it was.
0: The aforementioned JP.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was Jonathan Graham riding, uh, Kelly Patrick, yeah. Rob Wilson was the number four. And so um, Ryan Bell and I were fighting it out to try and be the number five guy on the team. And in the end, uh, Ryan was the non-traveling spare and Rob Wilson was the traveling spare. Um, And so Rob, at the end of juniors, I basically stopped playing and Wilson, Rob Wilson, his game just went through the roof because he spent the next 18 months on the the national junior team with, with, with power riding and, and Kelly Patrick. So uh, but my point is um, all of us in the, West, in the Ontario junior circuit were focused on after what would we do after juniors, and the answer is we go to Western. And so many of the guys wouldn't have gone to university to start with, so that's a plus. And the second thing is uh, it just gave us that next level to go to, and, um, it's, and it's all due to Jack Ferris. So I think squash has a lot to – um, to say to be thankful for to to that one particular individual and and uh, that's great that Chris is running the program there now and, and I'm sure he's going to do a great job but I can't tell you how important it is uh, especially I'm also thinking about okay what am I going to do with my kids what sport to get them into as you talked about here in Whistler it's so tricky because there's there's so many different sports so
0: dynamic yeah
1: and you know, biking skiing and and squash isn't the one that comes to mind but when you think about lifestyle and you think about life lessons, like I said, um, squash is one of those games where it gives you the opportunity to get quite good relatively easily in terms of because it's a smaller pool than say tennis or golf. Um, If you focus on squash, you can get quite good at it at a junior level and you start traveling and you're playing provincially, then you're playing nationally and, uh, and, and it's a scholarship type of activity. So, you know, if the, the exact opposite would be skateboarding, which is not a scholarship activity, also really good and really cool and really fun and a great thing to get your kids into. Uh, but then, I uh, you know, if you're thinking longer term, do you get the life lessons and, out of something like a sport like skateboarding versus squash? And uh, so right now I'm trying to decide should, should I get my son's eight and I don't want to push him into anything, and I'm not expecting him to be a- any any sort of level. Or, or, but it's, well, which which sport? Because you got to start focusing. Is yeah. it soccer? Is it going to be tennis? Is it going to be squash? Is it going to be biking? You know, you can't, you just, unfortunately, you can't do it all.
0: No, exactly. And uh, has he uh, taken a liking to, to squash? As he sort of said, Dad, uh, can I join you tomorrow when you go to play Mr. Eberhardt?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because it, he hasn't really been exposed to it much because of the last two years. I haven't really been into it uh, with, with the last year with the injury and then with uh, with COVID. So it, I'm deciding what to do literally right now. But before that, he was and he was he was good at. He's got good hand eye, so he's out there. And I saw your uh, your your great video yesterday. I think My daughter, yeah, that,
0: that was that was amazing. Yeah, she did She's well.
1: Great. Yeah, it's it's awesome and it's great that you can we can do it with them ourselves. That's the other thing, you wanna do something that you the care that you can do uh, with him. And that's the problem with soccer. For example, in hockey, I don't play either of those sports. And uh, so when he goes off, it's great to have a team sport, but then, you know, I can't do it with him. Um, so I, I, the, the biggest motivator factor to me though is, is the longer term implications of, whatever sport he goes into, is there a, is there a university aspect to it yeah. and how real is that, and that's why um, squash. And it, it'd be interesting to see how many kids go to Western because their dad did. Um, and uh, I don't know, that would be something great to talk to Jack Fares about um, and, yeah. and, uh, and the whole program and figure it out. But uh, um, again, can't tell you how, how big an impact the Western squash um, experience had on me long-term.
0: Well, definitely. And, and there are other universities and also the US varsity uh, scene is uh, up until COVID was absolutely, I mean, going it was through the roof. Uh, I guess the only issue there is uh, you've got, it's so, so strong down there now, it's just ultra competitive. Uh, I mean, you've got to be, you got to be top junior in the Royal world, uh, literally, to make any of those teams almost.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing. So, um, I was, um, luckily I was, I was quite good academically. So I, I I got into Harvard and, um, I was trying to decide, am I going to go to Harvard or am I going to go to Western? And I went to visit both programs, um, but the whole school, but then also the squash. And it was a completely different experience. So what happened was I went to Harvard and, um, and all the squash guys were there and they were training really, really, really hard. Um, and, and they played twice a day and they had actual training. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> when I went, it yeah. was very goosey And um, I mean, we were so, the players there were very good, not, uh, but they, and Jack, Jack's philosophy was to um, have everybody get along in terms of camaraderie and we were good enough to win the OUAAs easily, so the Ontario one, the national title. But when we went up against the big boys, um, we, we it, it, you probably myself, you were probably
0: competitive, there. weren't you? I think Western was relatively competitive up to a certain period before it uh, got really yeah, crazy down there.
1: Um, that's right. And so, since the international guys have started going there, obviously they've gone to the next level. But um, I mean, what what I decided to go to Western because it looked way more fun, and I do yeah. remember looking at the dorm. The best way to to think about it is when I went to the dorm rooms um, in in um, at Harvard, everyone had pop cans in their windows because drinking age was twenty one. In at uh, Western, everyone had beer cans, and I, I just made
0: <laughs> this- yeah yeah
1: great and have a great time and go to Harvard to do an MBA. And um, in the end, uh, I I did apply to 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 go to Harvard to do an MBA after um, after I was living in the UK for a little while after I graduated from Western. Um, But in the end, I came out to Whistler, and um, well, the MBA is still on hold.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the rest uh, the rest is history, right? But
1: yeah, yeah, no, I specifically chose Western uh, because of Jack and and the program over Harvard. Um, I did plan to go back to Harvard, but. remains to be seen uh, in in the end it, it all worked out and here I am in Whistler but uh um again the the i think for kids and juniors having somewhere to aspire to go to university is a really big deal and that sets squash apart from a lot of other sports uh because it, well you've it, got it,
0: i mean you've got like you said the the pick of so many sports there it's so dynamic uh, you've got i mean but i guess you're A lot of a lot of kids nowadays uh, are multi-sport athletes, too. So uh, if you I mean, you've got your skiing, you've got your, you know, uh, mountain biking, but then you could also have have the squash element, which is completely different, which also might tap into something uh, your kid might enjoy uh, that element of it, that that competitive uh, sort of the, the thing that that squash has. That's quite a bit different than most other sports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As with anything, you got to get the right balance of everything. And uh, again, know. what I really like about squash is that it's quick and efficient. And um, and and I can play with my kid, um, which is which is probably what the number you, one. Once thing. you
0: get to a certain level, too. I mean, the game is so dynamic. I mean, just playing today was just oops uh, awesome. Like that, you're just moving around, and it's so quick, so fast. Decision making. You got to. It's on. Everything's on the fly, and a little little sort of error that you make, you're punished for it, and start all nice. over again.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, again, you, you asked how do we grow the sport in, in, in Whistler, and, and I think that it's the, the, the time efficiency, well, as well as the fact is that it's competitive, and you get a workout all at the same time, um, unlike going for a, uh, I, I, if, if I think about triathlons, running or biking, you go for a, a big training ride and you get an amazing workout, but you're challenging yourself. But it's not—it's not—it's not a game. Like in terms of squash, is a game, and you're playing somebody, and you win or lose, and that's—that's that's fun. And uh, having that competitive edge while getting a workout is amazing.
0: Yeah, a little bit of banter on court as well—a a little argy bargy, as they say in the UK. Uh, I'm not even sure I know what that means yet, but I, I hear it all the time here. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into that a little bit, Ben. Uh, um, so we, uh, what we we're going to try to flesh out today is also, uh, and you're involved now in the pickleball scene because I think that's part of the tennis facility that's over there now, okay, which I think I'm not sure if it's the same facility, but when I left, they had this new – indoor tennis facility that they had just built that would have been back in 93 and guys i think it was glenn mitchabata and uh who i played squash with several times when i was there uh glenn mitchabata and grant connell were were involved in, in they were uh, but now uh you know that, that that's beside the point of pickleball is something that um, came you know, through a discussion with Alan Thatcher he came on the podcast uh, for world squash day and he, you know he was preaching you know we've got to grow the game that was the theme of world squash day and one of his things was uh, just you know, how pickleball is just taken off. So, and you're, you're part of the scene there. You're, I guess you're sort of involved administratively uh, a little bit as well, from what I gather. So uh, take us uh, sort of uh, into the, the world of, of pickleball, if you don't mind, and, and what it sort of, what it brings to the table. That's so exciting for people.
1: Sure, sure. Well, the, the situation with the tennis club is uh, that, you're right in in ninety three or whenever it was the the tennis club was built and it was supposed to be a world class racket facility um, which was capable of, of hosting for example, Davis Cup type of tournament. so it was supposed to be a performance center and in the end it never got there and they didn't finish it and um, the bottom line is um, there's an opportunity to um, it, because it comes with a develop the developer has a responsibility to deliver a world-class rackets facility. And they only, they only delivered they sort of half the way. of that. Yeah.
0: They didn't
1: go all the way. So um, a new developer just bought the land, which is right next to it, which is sitting empty. And in theory still has that responsibility. So we've been trying to push them to finish the facility. And the question is, well, how does that look? And, and how does it survive? And, and there's been questions they've been saying, well, maybe we should just knock it down and build something else. And we as the tennis community, uh, the squash community, and now the pickleball community are trying to say, no, 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 don't do that uh, because look at the growth and look at all this opportunity. And so what is on the table now is a tennis primary multi-use rackets facility. I, my interest as the squash guy has always been to bring squash to this facility because it's currently not in it, but wouldn't it be great if we had a truly multi-use facility that all families in Worcester could go to and enjoy and enjoy the club lifestyle mm. of having somewhere nice to drop your kids. You go for a bike ride and you come back and you have lunch and your kids are being taken care of and they're doing uh, all built around recreation. Um, and so we're, we're getting closer to that. And this club was almost, almost went under about um, two well, a year ago. Mm. And um, a, a new guy took over the operating lease in, in January 1st of this, this past year. So very recently, And I was involved in that, and um, it's it's a friend of mine who I he runs kids kids camps here, and he sort of said, "Okay, I'm going to make I have a vision to make this bring this place back to life because it was kind of petering out." And so we together have been able to bring in the social side and get the programs going. Uh, So tennis is revived, and the pickleball has has been something that kind of came out of the blue. And I'd never played any pickleball up to. I, well, before, literally up to March, I'd never really played at all. Mm. And, um, and suddenly now I'm, I've turned into Mr. Pickle out of the blue. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> yeah.
1: Interesting how it's gone. But yeah. um, the amazing well, thing. I
0: mean, it's huge global. It's not, I wouldn't say globally, but across North America, it's huge. Because I yeah, know when I went back home to Halifax two years ago, it was two years ago. And I, my mother's really good friend. He's a, like late sixties and he knows early seventies. He knows that I play squash at a high level and play decent tennis. So let's go play pickleball. It's great. He used to play tennis at a great level and, and he just loves it. I mean, and he's out there playing with his buddies at his age, like daily.
1: The, that's the amazing thing is it's very, the reason it's catching on is because it's really easy it's very accessible. Anybody can play it and it's really fun. Uh, and um, the, but the, the key is that it's easy. You can take somebody that has never played any racket sports at all. And after one, after one intro class, they can play. And that's the problem with squash is mm. if you say to someone, let's go play squash it, and they've never played, you can't play. They, they can't even hit the ball. They can't keep it going.
0: And that, uh, but, that's an equipment uh, issue, isn't it? It shouldn't be that way because I mean, even with those, we were. I was talking to um, I think it was Max Withers about this a few weeks ago, and he said, "What about the dotted balls?" It's like the dotted balls have been around for years; they do nothing.
1: It's, well, that's right. It's it helps. So when we in when we do our junior programs here in Worcester, we do use the bigger balls, and that's the big balls, yeah, yeah. But almost everybody uses a double dot. It used to be Mirko, uh, a ball. <laughs> but, uh, the, it, and it's, we're dating
0: ourselves, Ben.
1: Totally, totally. But, um, yeah, again, the reason pickleball is so popular is that it, it's really easy and fun. And um, anybody can pick it up and do it. Um, and you're right. The, the, the Just so many people are doing it. And we're finding that that people who have never done anything athletically ever are getting into it. Um, mind you, I get every single physio and whistler whenever I talk to them. They're like, "Oh, all we see is pickleball injuries."
0: Uh, oh, every oh, really? Day, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and again, yeah, it's, is that it's, just because uh, it's the, it's easy it, to it, access for every for everybody, and then they just maybe overextend themselves? Uh.
1: as you say, just like your 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 mom, they they play every day for two to four hours, <laughs> and so they they develop. Yeah. They, they've gone from zero to two elbow.
0: hours. Pickle, um, pickle elbow.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, you're exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's um, it it's really great for racket sports, just generally. And mm-hmm. I there's a big problem because there's a huge problem of tennis versus pickleball. Um, and the reason it's a problem is because pickleball is growing exponentially and is taking over their courts. Um, and I understand that literally because yeah. here I am in Whistler dealing with that. Do we paint the tennis courts with pickleball lines or not? And all the pickleball associations are trying to get municipal courts to take out the tennis and put in pickleball. And they do have an argument, but it's, it's difficult. And what we found luckily is you are able to, if you paint the lines in the proper colour properly. You can have a multi-use court where you can do right. both.
0: That's what you want to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's. I mean,
1: I'm all about multi-use. Uh, having said that, if I w- if we are successful in getting a branding facility, I would put a dedicated pickleball zone. So in Whistler, we've done very successfully. We have a center court which is quite big around the sides, and we fit four pickleball courts on the one tennis court, and that becomes the pickleball zone, and they're separate to tennis because they. De- I, I get it. I'm a tennis player as well. If pickleball is really loud. Like, really loud. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because when you're hitting the ball, it it just makes a sound like the tick-tick, yeah. and it's really loud. But also, um, people are having a lot of fun and yelling and, and laughing and, and screaming, and that's the nature of pickleball as opposed to tennis. You're trying to have a serious match, and, and you don't really laugh out loud. And it's just no. the volume of people. And if you're trying to have a serious tennis match next to – a group of pickleballers it, it doesn't work okay. so <laughs> new facilities really need to spread out and they need it needs to be you, you want to have dedicated zones so the key though to pickleball again why it's so successful is you can get a lot of people you can get 16 people on the space of one tennis court which is incredible
0: wow not so
1: in covid but oh, you can no, fit. No.
0: that wouldn't work we, these days no
1: we have, we have three indoor courts, and, and we did paint four pickleball courts on, on one tennis court, and they fit. And there's 16 players where you could have four tennis players. Okay. Um, which, you know, you do the math on that, and it's, it's really easy to see how economically it makes sense for clubs to, to embrace pickleball. So yeah. I wish that tennis, squash, and pickleball would be able to get together and work together. Mm. Right now, and that's what's missing on a global scale, because in the end, it's all about having fun with rackets and recreation, and having that, then the social club aspect afterwards with, in the bar. And it would be great if you could have tennis and pickleball and squash all at the same facility, and then they all come and have a drink together. It literally doesn't happen. It's it. Our we're working really hard to try and break this down, but it's a war like this yeah. fight. On the courts between the players, and and it's
0: between the pickleballers and, and the tennis.
1: Between pickleball and tennis, and yeah. you know I, I'm friends with both sides and I know them personally, and it's just it's just different. So what we've had to do it has
0: Netflix documentary written all over it.
1: it. It could be quite something. That's right. It could be, <laughs> uh, but it's. Man. We've had to separate the time, so we say, okay, yeah. it's it's either we have a, a bubble, three three indoor courts. It's either all tennis or all pickleball, and that you can't do both at the same time. And we've tried, but you just can't. And the biggest reason is because pickleball there's so many people, and they're coming and going, they're cutting across the tennis court all the time, and uh,
0: they yeah. also the concentration pickleball. levels of a tennis uh, you know of a tennis match are like you said earlier are a lot higher. Oh. Uh, yeah,
1: it's way more intense. That's for sure. And um, also pickleballers have a bit of a lack of, of uh, club etiquette because they haven't grown up around courts. They've just they started playing last year. And right. uh, so we're, you have to educate them. that. Uh, and, uh, but they're like, hey, we're just laughing and having fun. Is that a crime?
0: And it's like, you know, it's yeah, not yeah, so funny. That's, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when we talk about, I guess, you know, the reason we're talking about this is to grow the game of squash. I mean, you look at sports like uh, basketball, football, those sports where you could just, uh, you know, put your shoes on and head outside and play. And those guys are trash talking and all, you know, when when you play uh, the game just on the corner or uh, at the local uh, high school in the basketball court there. Uh, And that's why there's so many talented uh, young players. And and that's why those games are so popular. It's because they're so accessible easily um uh, exact, you, know, you know what i mean
1: so then, and that's again i the the missing link here is you have i don't i don't know the names of the bodies but the, the world squash federation you have the the, you know, the world tennis and, and world pickleball and i don't think they are talking to each other to say guys how can we work together as racket sports to grow all three of our sports at once, mm. not at the risk of each other. Together, yeah. that's what we're trying to do in Whistler. Is my vision for a the new facility is having all three living harmoniously, but they have to be in separate areas. So,
0: Whistler uh, Rackets Association.
1: Um, well, that 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 exactly. Rackets, as opposed to there is a pickleball association, a squash association, yeah. and a tennis association. And they're literally, unfortunately, it used to be squash versus. Uh, tennis, and now it's pickleball versus tennis. Um, and squash is kind of saying, hey, we want to be friends with everybody. Um, so I
0: guess if, every- if this uh, club comes to fruition, if, if, if you do manage to get the squash, hopefully, fingers crossed, then you have the three together. And even if you don't, in the meantime, if you can somehow manage to get pickleball and, and tennis uh, administratively uh, working together to grow the, the rackets that way, I mean, that, that would be a great template for anyone. Uh... It, so the,
1: what I love, it, pickleball and squash are both very efficient in terms of use of space, unlike tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, but tennis is a much bigger global game, that's for sure, so, so tennis is super important as well. Um, but the, the, the vision, and any new facility in my opinion should have this, would be you have one zone with the pickleball zone, and that is super tight and efficient in terms of spacing, but it has to be separate. Then you have the squash zone, and that has the three-court ASB system with the sliding walls. Again, yeah. super f- great use of space where you can put yoga in there for, for a few hours and then switch it back to squash. Amazing. Like that is, that's the no-brainer. And that, that is quite inexpensive to put together. It's sort of to, to, to put it in is, is only a couple hundred thousand whole dollars.
0: All manner of uh, activities on, on those ASB courts, Any, anything. I saw 35. Conor McGregor McGregor was training on a squash court the other day so.
1: perfect and you know the digital one the, the, you see the, them throwing the balls at the walls with the, the kids and stuff yeah. having fun that that is amazing and that's how we use technology to grow it and then you've got the tennis which is the, the bigger global game and they have their own section as well but my point is everybody comes together at the end that's what's missing Jerry and it would be great if through your podcast you can talk about that more and get the influencers in the world to to understand that and uh, uh, at these world bodies and and stop this tennis versus pickleball, tennis versus squash. We're all in fact, it's it's the same players actually. Hmm. Um, and I, uh,
0: I heard you you and Rob are battling for number one pickleball in uh, in Whistler. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's very interesting. We are we are, but uh, we're having <laughs> trouble with these little old ladies who play all the time and. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's almost like golf then. <laughs> you go out and you hit squash shots, it does not work on the pickleball court. It, it okay. is completely different. And same, if you get a really good tennis player, they're good up to a certain point, but they they anybody who plays proper pickleball, uh and, and Brooke Cyber, it would be very interesting to get him going. He is uh he's gone from he 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 runs Manta, as I'm sure you know, yeah. from uh, squash to he is he I thought I was Mr. Pickle he really is Mr. Pickle and uh, he's <laughs> all seen in BC and he came to our club and just talked about the difference because we're all hitting it hard and banging it hitting top spin uh, pickleball shots that's not a shot in pickleball even less is is a classic squash cut and
0: yeah, I, was gonna say, I mean you you must have a few if uh, few go to cut backhand cut shots there.
1: But it doesn't work in no. pickleball. It, no. A much better shot is it's called the dink, and you just you just it's a little drop shot where it's just okay. this, this the shot. So
0: the, That's like the front it. Front court drop, pickup drop shot. Yeah,
1: that is the shot. And if you go and, and watch YouTube U.S. Open pickleball, they all they better pickleballers hit it softly, and and okay. it it takes quite a bit of understanding to understand that and most people don't get that and they they go out and they try and hit it hard and and then they play somebody who knows how to play and get destroyed it's well, again, I
0: mean judging from what you just said I mean the beauty of pickleball as you said i mean you've got got older the, the older people who are able to remain competitive uh, playing that game uh, and then also the the fact that uh, you can Throw a beginner on the court, and they're not going to get uh, discouraged, or or a junior, a young young kid who might just want to pick up the game. It might be a, a great uh, sort of jumping-off point for for juniors, wouldn't it? Uh, pickleball, it, for in terms of getting, getting them onto the squash court as well.
1: That that's that's exactly right. You get their hand-eye in there, and that's what I'm planning to do. So, for example, I can play pickleball with Parker, who's eight, and we have actually a decent match, mm-hmm. um, and actually play when i play tennis it's okay but i have to kind of i have to hit it to his forehand and i have to hit it easy um when we play squash it, he literally we can't keep a rally going yeah so that's that is the problem with squash now when you get to the next level squash turns into big advantage of squash is that it's a workout uh and a quick efficient workout and that's not the case with pitch where you have to go and you have to play for two hours and you don't even, you don't sweat at all and if you're playing even if you're playing a top match maybe but it's nothing compared to squash Even singles pickleball is a bit better but it's it's not really a thing and uh, we right. do have a singles night and we play for an hour and a half and I'm still in track pants um, yeah. so it, it does okay. not compare to either tennis or squash for workout wise. So it's different. Mm-hmm. And the great thing though, is different players um, play. And, and that's the whole point is the squash player squash is not for everybody. Tennis is not for everybody and nor is pickleball. But when you have, if you have all three at one facility, now you've covered almost everybody. And there, that's where racket sports in general need to go. How do we get more people into it? And focusing on one is not the answer. Let's do it together.
0: Uh, absolutely. And uh, another sport that's sort of uh, a way of in, a way of keeping uh, older people playing, a way of introducing the game to beginners and I think to young juniors is it, it is out there. It's that game called squash uh, 57. That's it's right.
1: Like yeah. Racket and ball, and
0: uh, playing racquetball on a squash court with a squash racket and uh, I think it's basically a racquetball. It might be slightly different, but it bounces just like a racquetball would.
1: So easier. So, I mean, that's an interesting case study because racquetball died and didn't work uh, yet. It was what I'm just saying. Squash isn't easy. Racquetball is easy. You can get people to go out because the ball bounces. Squash, the ball doesn't bounce. So you have to hit it hard before you can actually play. And if you can't get the ball warmed up, you're, you're, it's a non-starter. So, That's very interesting, but I love the concept of let's let's use pickleball to do two things: one, introduce people to racket sports, and then feed off into once you can hit the ball and you have hand-eye. Now, let's this is how you get a better workout.
0: And and then, Um, then I mean, it it obviously uh, you have to consider when you have this set up, and let's hope let's hope it does happen in Whistler. It sounds like I mean you've definitely got your your sights set on that. uh, I can tell, but. You'd, you'd have someone like yourself or whoever it is, that the club pro or club pros, that would be their sort of a goal is to not just focus on one sport, not just focus on teaching one sport, but meshing the three and growing the three as one.
1: Absolutely. As mm-hmm. well as what else can you do on, on a court when it's not in use? Uh, things like you have the basketball net set up on, on a, a yeah. indoor uh, and like I said, the ASB is key. And, and how do you use that ASB concept um, on tennis courts? And I mean, if your tennis courts are full all the time, that's great. But there's a lot of room there and you can do lots of things with little kids on tennis courts. Um, and uh, it's, a, a, another thing that I've really noticed is the coaching programs actually are very different. In tennis coaching programs, Tennis Canada has a really good level one progression uh, type of program where the tennis coaches have all these games that the kids play, fun drills, all kinds of accessories. Got
0: those, those nice balls too, the really slow, soft, uh, the soft. Balls, yeah, but also, and
1: um, they have tubes, they, they have so many different things. Like if you go to a, a kid's tennis session, it, there's so many kids out there and they're all having a great time with a tennis racket in their hand, but not necessarily playing tennis all the time and things like they, 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 but my point is the coaches have all these drills that they know and they come up with these things and keep the kids entertained. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm going, this is amazing. My, they get my five-year-old going, they, they get the eight-year-old going and, and every week the kids get better at the hand eye and it works. Squash doesn't seem to have the same thing. I can't even think of any, any, Anything on the squash court where there's targets, you, I mean, you put tape down every now and then, but that not interactive really.
0: squash is a game changer. What you mentioned, uh, before uh, earlier, I and
1: mean, I hope that I think
0: that's a bit sort of co- not as cost efficient as uh, you know, people would like it, but but something along those lines, right?
1: It, well, that's right, that would be ideal, and that would get people going as well as the you know, moving to the virtual world. of you've got your your, your strength instructor or whoever leading the class up in front. And, well, here's a good example. Right behind me, this is the my Peloton bike.
0: Yeah, I was going to the Peloton, man.
1: Yeah. And I rehab, but it's amazing. because And people say, you know, it, I sit there and I, I can't wait to do the next session because it's so motivating with, uh, it sounds funny, but looking at the person in front of you uh, on a screen, yet they do a, an amazing job of saying, okay, here, this is how you race and this is how you – you get into it, and you, in 15 minutes, you're got a complete workout, completely sweaty. My point is, people like digital type of things, and so using technology in squash is a huge thing. Mm. So let's get out there and show how that works. And uh, I mean, you use could, that water. Yeah,
0: yeah, you 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 could go on court for a solo practice and have this Peloton type technology set up on the front wall. You have Thank Mike Way shouting at you.
1: Well, that's exactly it.
0: Yeah, come that's, on, that's deeper. Right.
1: come on and uh, two way here I'm not talking to the coach yet it's it's amazing so whatever the success the peloton has let's use that and learn from it and uh, so we as squash need to look at all these different things okay kids tennis is amazing because they've got so many accessories and the kids are having a lot of fun out there and they're they're knocking things over and all the coaches seem to be able to come up with different games on the spot how come squash coaches don't tend to do that? Mm. I mean, I've had some amazing coaches over the years and, and I, I, I love them and they, 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 they helped me so much. Uh, you know, Renee Denis, mm. Heather Wallace, um, Jeff Watts, um, but none of them have used any accessories. Uh, now, I guess I was at a, at a bit of a different level, but I wasn't learning to play. But my point is, let's, as squash, use that. Let's look at the
0: Peloton. If you were around the club enough to, to see what was going on anyways, and you wouldn't have yeah. seen that. Yeah.
1: Totally. So, uh, interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 this, the vision that we have here in Whistler for this multi-use facility with everything happening at the same time, as yeah. well as embracing other sports, uh, particularly yoga or things that you can use your space – Four is, is so important. I think, and I think,
0: uh, I think you bring, you raise a really interesting point. It's something, and, and I could be wrong with this, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but uh, I think squash twi- tries too much to be exclusive, tries to separate itself from other sports. And uh, that, that's perhaps maybe the, the problem.
1: Yeah, if we're too one dimensional, it's not going to work. So uh, let's, let's start having more conversations about how we can work together. with everybody and and, uh, grow recreation with a racket in your hand, whether it's a racket, a paddle, uh, you know, a ping pong racket, badminton. There's there's so many different ones. And and it seems like that hasn't been happening. And as a result, everybody is struggling. How do I grow mine? And uh, and pickleball has is the one that is exploding. So let's study that. Why is it exploding? And Bring that in with everybody. What's pickleball problem? Well, their problem is they don't have any facilities because they're they're new, and um, there are new facilities coming in. And if you're looking at the economics of it and planning a new club, there's a very strong economic argument to put all pickleball and no tennis. And I, that's definitely not the right answer, but that argument can be made, and uh, it's a very interesting one that's out there. Uh, but my uh, my point here is it's a war between these different sports and we're all on the same team and we need to come up with strategies where we we work together
0: Ben, uh, this was pure gold today i really uh really appreciate the conversation i i think we covered you know in this short time uh, a lot of ground and um i'd love to do it again maybe maybe uh, we can get a you know some of these guys from the World Squash Federation on talking to you. Once the the WRA and and the club that uh, their uh, sort of things e- evolve a little bit more. But it it sounds like Whistler Whistler is just an amazing place. I'm looking at the backdrop there, and it just uh, I'm I'm wishing I was back there again. It looks like you're in the rainforest or something.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're, I mean, we are in a rainforest, and uh, and yeah. that's. So great in the winter, it, it snows a lot, and yeah, well, that's my backyard. I'm very fortunate that,
0: that where, is my where Whereabouts in Whistler do you live? I used to, I used to live on uh, East Met. Was it near Nestor's uh, Market? I don't know if it's still there, but uh, Nestor's.
1: <laughs> Nestor's still there. Is it? And, uh, okay. I'm 300 meters from there, so um, I'm very close on Lorimer Ridge, and oh. uh, right so it's great, and luckily right by the club, so I can walk to them. I'm I'm, I'm on court at 11 o'clock. I'm, Playing pickleball at eleven, and, pickleball
0: uh, at eleven. But more importantly, you're playing Mr. Iberhardt tomorrow. Uh, back, returning to the court, the, the squash court tomorrow.
1: Well, you'll see. We'll we'll do some filming and stuff, and we'll we'll put something up so you can see us there. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back to squash. And uh, uh, hopefully, squash is able to to survive the COVID situation. Um, yeah. We do have a problem in Whistler where a lot of our squash players have switched to pickleball. And I got to figure out how to get them back now, and uh, it's it's a bit tricky for me because I'm like I said I am Mr. Pickle, but um, let's I'll let you know how it goes in terms of have we been able to get the those diehard squash players that haven't been able to play squash because of COVID and have been playing pickleball uh, are they going to come back and so we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, uh, I, think every, I think Squash and Whistler is in very good hands between yourself and Rob and uh, Carol and uh, the rest of the, the community there. All the best, Ben. Really a uh, pleasure to meet you today uh, and uh, let's do it again.
1: Sounds good, Jerry. Thanks a lot.
0: Well, that was awesome, awesome stuff with Ben. Uh, Sort of a nostalgic look back at my one year there as well. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Like I said, looking uh, where Ben was in his office there, looking at the Whistler uh, backdrop, uh, really made me want to uh, head back there at some point. And hopefully, uh, with any luck, uh, within uh, a little bit of time, they'll have squash courts, maybe even host a a few big tournaments like they like they still do at the uh, the smaller facility the municipality facility there which is fantastic anyways but as ben said uh to grow the game uh you've got to have the right uh things Uh, it has to be a dynamic thing and i think that's what ben is looking towards looking forward to and hopefully uh, that all comes to fruition uh with uh, within the whistler uh, rackets club uh setting there. So many thanks to Ben. I hope to have him on again and uh, we'll sort of catch up and see how things are progressing there. We're definitely going to have on Mr. Active Scout Rob Eberhardt. He's a guy uh, from that area as well. So there seems to be a lot of growth uh, conversation going on there. Maybe a little bit of an experimental phase for the game of squash. We can take a look and see how that all plays out uh, in Whistler. So thanks to Ben for coming on. Really enjoyed that chat uh, with him. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we've got uh, Ryose Kobayashi coming on. He just won the Swiss Open. He It'll be his second appearance. He's coming. Uh, his, that episode, actually, we recorded that just a few days ago. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy that. He's another guy who's uh, outside the box and the kind of, uh, in terms of the player, he's always thinking of ways of promoting the game, and he does that through uh, various uh sort of social media platforms and he's going to come on and talk about his big win at the Swiss Open and his squash career which uh, unfortunately uh, I think is going to be coming to an end very soon maybe within the year but he has goals and he has his sights set on uh, doing certain things and maybe if he reaches those or surpasses them he might rethink uh, that decision but anyways say Kobayashi coming on uh, within the next uh, few days and uh, really appreciate all of you who are listening Please share this uh, with your squash community. Give us a like, give us a tweet, give us a shout out, uh, rate the podcast, whatever you can do to help promote this podcast. And also in doing so, uh, spreading the word of this game. So many thanks to you. I'll be playing uh, tomorrow, my regular Thursday sparring session. Looking forward to that. Feeling good. Uh, Took a rest today and uh, hopefully I'll be sharp and ready to roll tomorrow. I hope you guys are too. Um, Sorry to hear about the lockdown there in the UK. Hang in there, everyone. Hopefully, you'll be back on court uh, soon. Take, care, take good care now. Uh, all the best to all of you. And uh, again, Ryose Kobayashi coming up very soon, amongst other podcasts. So looking forward to uh, sharing those with you. Take care. Have a great day. Goodbye now.